I don't know how to describe it other than like like a demon type of sound. But it's silhouetted, hulking, every bit of five and a half feet wide, 13 to 14 foot tall, pitch black. The one thing that ran through my mind when I had this encounter was I don't have a big enough gun. Your host, two-time witness and field researcher for more than 40 years, William Jevnik. Welcome to Creek Devil. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bigfoot, America's Creek Devil. Scott's joining us, and folks, this we're going to talk about, he's the one that has the picture that we posted on um, the JRG Bigfoot Research page on Facebook last week. And it was after we had talked about it on Campfire Talk. And there was such a big response, and, and there was lots of stuff going back and forth in all sorts of directions. In fact, I think it's still being passed around and talked about. So Scott here is the one that actually had the picture and sent it and showed me to begin with. So we thought we'd bring him on and we'd chat about it. So Scott, tell us about that footprint picture. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, so a couple of things. I did get to just listen to your uh, your episode just a couple of days ago. A couple of corrections. I'm living in North Carolina, but this all happened in Ohio. I'm back home visiting my folks uh, for the for a couple of weeks. So this happened in the Cuyahoga Valley National Park area. And if you're not familiar with that, that's a national park in between Cleveland, Ohio, and Akron, Ohio. Um, if you don't know much about it, it's a it's about 33,000 acres. Um, of pretty much thick forest, but there's tons of trails. There's roads that go in and out, and because it's a national park, there are people that do walk all over these trails all the time. Um, when visiting, my mom and I go on walks all the time, so we just happen to walk a trail, and anytime I'm walking these trails, I just keep my eyes out for any sort of sign, and we're just walking down the trail, and we just happen to see, uh, I happen to see it, great looking fresh footprint just off the side of the trail um at the bottom of a root ball of a a tree that fell uh, i don't know the past two three four five weeks previous but i mean the entire area has been really dry we haven't had much rain at all but this particular area was a really good muddy spot and there was just that track right there um that was pretty easy pretty easy to notice so and, I took a couple pictures, spoke to my mom about it. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, Will. Oh, I was going to say, and you've never said it was Bigfoot. Correct. Um, to this day, I'm you know I'm kind of back and forth because it it fits the description of a human print, and I know a few of you guys mentioned that, and obviously online a lot of people said you know you got a narrow foot, a narrow heel. It's about ten ten inches long. It's not too wide. It looks like a human footprint, but the biggest thing that stood out to me is that the toe is abnormally big or abnormally long. And I've found similar tracks like that. I even showed you, Will, a couple of years back in North Carolina, the central part of North Carolina during the winter months. Um, narrow heel, rather short print, but a really abnormally long or big toe that stands out, protrudes a little bit. Yeah, and I, I posted a picture on facebook on our group to uh, to kind of highlight the differences between a human foot and i i made a cast of one of my own feet years ago to do just that so people could mm -hmm. have a comparison both in size and shape and uh you know 
supposing that my foot is average uh, with other people, I, I know there's some variations, mm-hmm. of course, in people, but it looks a lot different than the footprint in your picture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, I, you know, I did the same thing. I, I casted my foot five, six, seven years ago. So unfortunately that cast is back in North Carolina. So I'm looking forward to comparing the two um, from this one that I took last week and my foot from a few years back. But there's definitely a difference that you have described. Um, It's not completely flat after I'm, as I look at the the cast, there seems like there's a a little bit of an arch, but not much. Um, So again, with that being said, I still don't know what this print belongs to. So what's everybody on the panel here think you have, uh, I know everybody's got things they want to talk about. I'd like to know if that was close to like a mud hole or a wet spot or was it near a stream or had it been raining? You know, what, what was it? What was it like? Sure. Is this Tracy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tracy. Yeah. So it's, it's been extremely dry in this area, but it, it was a wet spot. It was, a. It was basically the root ball of a tree that had been knocked down, fallen down previously, I don't know, a couple of weeks, maybe a month prior. And it was a, it was a, a muddy spot. It was ideal for a print. Um, if you guys got a good look at it. Yeah. It was just a muddy spot uh, surrounded by a pretty dry area. Now there are little seasonal creeks that go through. There's a pond, not even a quarter mile away. Um, this park is filled with creeks, ponds. There's the Cuyahoga River that goes right through. Um, there have been sightings in this park. There was a sighting just this past summer, you know, more than five miles from where I found this print. It was, a, I think this, I think the Sasquatch was, I think, seven foot tall. Um, but nonetheless, there is some history in this park. Unfortunately, most people who are familiar with this park would say that there's no, no way that a Sasquatch could be in there because there's, it's a national park. It's a small park and there's people that are in this park all the time, um, which they have a very good point about that. But my biggest thing is, and you guys may be able to weigh in on this is how many people out of all the people that walk trails, how many people go bushwhacking? And to me, I don't think it's more than a couple percent. Most people stay on the trails, you know, so the parts that are not marked the trails, no one's really walking through there. So I don't think these things, if they are here, I don't think they stay. I think they're traveling through from time to time, but I think you have to be ignorant to assume that, you know, we have this entire area marked out and there's no way something can get through without us seeing it. If that makes sense. And, you know, I wonder too, um, because I, I asked you about the context, you know, how many, how many people, and this was recently, wasn't it? It was a fairly recent picture. Yeah, it was, um, nine days ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, look, it's a, it's a national park, so it, it gets foot traffic. Um, a lot of people have mentioned, those foot shoes. Um, this is not a foot shoe. Um, you know, if you've ever looked at foot shoes, they have tread on the bottom. Um, there's definitely no tread. You can you there's enough detail that it's either a barefoot person, which I see, I've seen before, not at this park, but I'm sure people do walk through, or it's something else. But it's definitely not one of those foot shoes. I actually own a pair of those things. They're pretty comfortable. <laughs> Absolutely, but 
correct me if I'm wrong, Tracy, they have tread on the bottom. Is that correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The ones I got are called mud runners, and they have a very aggressive tread on the, on the sole of them. So, yeah. Sure. So when, when you've been through sand or mud and you see that, I mean, is it pretty easy to tell the difference between an actual it, foot and those shoes? It's very easy. Very right. easy. I mean, right. the, these literally have lugs on them like boots on the sole right. of them. Sure. So, yeah, it's, it's very easy to tell the difference. And I've noticed that just about all of them that I looked at had distinctive patterns on the on the, on the the sole, especially up around the ball of the foot and the toes area. Um, exactly. So you can get traction. So. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Well, can you By the way, my wife is... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Forrest. Go well, ahead, I was going to ask Will to send me uh, another copy of those uh, prints okay. because I can't get into Facebook. Yeah, they're for some they're they're coming. It's taken a bit for them to load up on my phone for whatever reason. Okay, because and, and so these were off off uh, off the beaten trail, right? Yes, ma'am. We're talking two feet off the the, the actual trail, so it's it's most definitely possible for someone who walked off the trail and stepped in a mud spot. Um, definitely an easy possibility for that to happen. Hey, Scott, this is Tom. Um, was this the only footprint? I apologize if you already uh, mentioned this, or were there others, you know, like like a series by any chance? Unfortunately, no. Um, it was just it. I, I scoured that area. Um, but unfortunately, because it was so dry everywhere else, that was just uh, that one spot that I found a track. Um, there were some other tracks in there, but I couldn't gauge um, what exactly they were, but that was the one easy okay. ident- identifiable um, track. If, if you're able to kind of dig into your memory banks and, and sort of sure. recall um, the other tracks, were they kind of side by side? In other words, would you have one, say for example, a right foot and then a left Im- impression or whatever it was, but it was mm-hmm. offset to the side, like the way a person would walk. Or do you think they may have been more in a straight line with each other? That was pretty well narrow. Are you, are, yeah, are you, are you referring to my previous tracks that I found before? Is yeah, the ones we're, about, well, the ones we're talking about right now that, that you saw. Okay. Well, yeah, the one from nine days ago, like I said, it's, it's one track. So I couldn't give you... Um, anything else okay. besides that one track. So I couldn't tell you if it was a, a straight line or not. But I know in the previous track that I found in the wintertime, and it's usually after a major flood along these uh, river bottoms, was the first set, this, whatever this was, was playing in the mud. So yeah. it, 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 didn't, it didn't have a purpose. It was in and out of these huge mud bogs. Like it was just enjoyed itself. Um, the other ones were right along some serious muddy spots where I couldn't, I couldn't identify if it was a straight line or not. Um, they weren't tangible enough, and they weren't mm-hmm. consistently. I wasn't able to see them, um, but they're all very similar sizes. And you know, in North Carolina, I can't, I can't rule out there's a human walking around there even in the winter times when it's cold out. We all know knuckleheads that are out there doing that stuff. <laughs> can't yeah. explain it, but it does happen. Right. Well, but I'm looking at the footprint right now, and it only mm-hmm. superficially resembles a human footprint. Mm-hmm. Um, it you know the dimensions and you know the way a, a human footprint has a definite arch in it and that shows right. up as you know and you don't see that in this you don't see it at all 
I'm not seeing you, you don't from the print. <clears throat> yeah, you don't see from the print. Absolutely. Now, Will, I did send you a couple more clean cast pictures, I think, uh, two days ago. I don't know if you shared it with everyone else. Um, if you get a better look at it. And it's still pretty flat-footed, but there's a little bit of a kind of looks like an arch. Um, Forrest, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought you talked about this maybe in the last episode that um, even flat-footed people or even maybe orangutans have a, a slight arch to it or yeah, are they completely actually, flat? Most, some, most monkeys have a slight, just a very ever, ever so slight concavity in there. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's from the flexion. The, the so the foot will have an ability to flex. Of course, they have that uh, mid torsal break, so right. you're going to see a slight concavity in the foot. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't see, you know, I'm, I'll be real honest with you. I don't see something that I can say is definitely definitely a bigfoot track, but it is not. Also, it's not <laughs> definitive to me as far as being a a human footprint either. So, um, right. I don't, I don't see, I don't see, I'm not seeing an arch. I'm kind of with you on that, Tom. I'm not seeing an arch there. Forrest, um, I just sent you a picture too so, of, a, of a big foot cast and my foot cast next to it. And it's right underneath uh-huh. the, the picture next to the $20 bill of that foot. So you can get a good comparison of the two. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yours has definitely got an arch in it. And I will say this, too. You know, a lot of people say, oh, all Bigfoot have uh, big, broad heels. They don't, because I've seen plenty of casts that don't necessarily have that. Now, if you look at uh, uh, a lot of primates, especially monkeys, and you've, you've seen this, Chuck, too, because I've seen it. And, 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 uh, and I know that you have, too, Tom and Will, when I've sent you pictures of macaques and stuff like that. They have a very narrow heel, actually. Yeah, they don't have a long heel at all. Their heels are very narrow. Yeah, that was well, here's one of... another feature of this footprint. Um, it's it's a juvenile. I mean, it's a smaller print, so it may not have had time to get a fully developed. But it, you know, my money is solidly on this is not a human footprint. I mean, not at all. Well, I was going to say, you know, I've got copies of casts that that do have narrower heels, so it kind of. And you have to look at the part of the country it's in, and, I mean, there's a lot of factors. I mean, again, we're not saying it's one or the other. We don't know for sure. But when you do a comparison, and, and I'm whenever yours loads up, Tom, I sent I sent you others, um, the picture of a 16-inch Sasquatch cast yeah, that I, got I have. It. Yeah, I finally it came did. in. Okay, and then my own foot. Well, you can look at that compared to Scott's foot, and, and they're very different, actually, when you look at the details. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, and it's the, you know, it, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tracy. Or was this Chuck? Uh, this is Chuck. Okay, um, go ahead. The one thing that really kind of caught my eye when I saw the, the track was was the big toe. Um, yes. I, I've, seen, yeah, exactly. I've seen tracks that here in Oklahoma that have the same the same kind of look to it where it's, it seems like it's offset just a little bit more than, than what a human toe would be. Um, and, and I, I've seen that a lot. And that makes me feel a little bit better, Chuck, because I've seen that as well in North Carolina. And I said the same thing and well, I don't expect you to see this or remember this, but that was the biggest thing that had me puzzled. Like that is a really extended big toe. And I've never seen a big toe like that on a person's foot. 
it's just it's abnormally long and stands out and it's I don't know if that is common or not or but I mean that makes me feel better that Chuck has mentioned he's seen something like that as well well and all the toes I'm looking at the, all the toes seem to be long yeah not just the big toe and I don't know if you guys recall the all the tracks from Jason's uh, in uh, eastern Arizona, but there were hundreds and hundreds of footprints there. There were clearly Bigfoot tracks because they were tracks that were anywhere from 5 inches long up to 20 inches long. Um, and just the context of the place, there wouldn't have been any people out there, not to mention the, the weight of those juveniles. But they were very similar to this in appearance. Um, they weren't really anything out of proportionate compared to what a human would be, except for that extreme depth. But the toes were like this also. I don't know if you remember those, mm-hmm. Tom. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And, you know, again, Will, you mentioned the toes, and I'm looking at the cast that you sent me, the your footprint versus these other ones, and they're totally different. Com- you know, the completely different structure. Foot, yeah, 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 entirely. The, the toes, uh, you get more of an imprint with the Bigfoot toes than you do with the human. Human is kind of, you're getting the tips of the toes, so to speak. Well, you don't see the toes in this one tucking like, uh, you see how Will's big toe tucks under his second toe there. And right. you don't see that in this uh, other cast, I mean, this other print at all. I'm gonna no, s- you don't. I'm going to no, send you guys... All. I'm going to send you guys a picture. Uh, this is one of Jason's footprints that he found. Of the, I mean, many, many, many. You know, there were hundreds of them over multiple time periods. Um, let's see. Let me get these sent out here. And look at the toes. How the toes are. They're the same as Scott's picture. Tom, I'll send you this one. And Scott, I'll, I'll send you the same picture. You know, Will, I think you sent me this when I spoke to you last time. This is the Arizona pick. Right. And that and that really blew my mind because that was very similar. I think it was a little shorter, but it, it had the narrow heel. Exactly. Um, but it looked a lot like it looked a lot like mine in North Carolina. Someone brought up a good point and I don't know about this. Someone brought up on the one of the posts that mentioned that possibly female juveniles or even female feet are a little bit more narrow than the males. Have you guys ever heard or tried to figure that out yet? Identifying a fatter foot to a narrow foot based well, off of uh, gender? I don't, I don't think so because, um, you know, and I go back to the Patterson <sighs> cast, I've got all the cast that Bob Titmus and Roger Patterson made compared to the other creatures that were in that area. And if you were just looking at the feet, there's no way you could tell the difference between gender. They're kind of all the basic, uh, the dimensions are kind of the same, just different sizes. You know what I mean? Yeah, but what about juveniles? That's, I think, what this person brought up as far as fatter to narrow, or do you just think it's person to person, Sasquatch to Sasquatch? It's probably individuals, just the variation among individuals. But wouldn't you agree, Forrest? Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. So I don't know if you guys had a chance to look at the picture I, mean, I just sent you. That's one of Jason's, and you can see how the toes are. They're just like the one in Scott's picture, where they're all kind of sticking out straight, you know, instead of curved. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, and that's one of the things that, one of those features that it, it, it only superficially resembles a human foot, uh, but it, it doesn't. Those toes, the toes are kind of a dead giveaway. I think it's still, it's still loading for you, Scott. Yeah, I got it. I just got it. Okay, now. good. But yeah, that's the same one you sent me, and that's okay. Yeah, it's very similar. Absolutely. Yeah. I, it, Can I, I ask you, Scott? Where were you in North Carolina? Um, I'm in the central part of the state, so without being too specific, in between Greensboro and uh, Raleigh area. Okay. If you're familiar with that, well, it's right I, there in the middle. Right there in the middle. Okay. Well, I, I know North Carolina quite well. Okay, so, you know, that's another area where people are like, what? You know, they're in the mountains or they're on the coast, but they're not in the middle part. But you know, oh, the thing yeah, is, they're in the middle part. They are, and there's, um, and if you, and Will, you remember Darcy. I got to meet Darcy, speak to Darcy, talk to Darcy. She had a couple sightings. I'm along the same river as Darcy, but I am 45 minutes north of her, same river. Um, and it's the rivers. I mean, I got audio from a, a uh, another river, another county away. There's a sighting just this past summer, or 12 months ago, last summer. And then I met somebody who saw or had a sighting on the Dan River. I mean, this is all central part of North Carolina, and it's the same stuff. It's they're following the rivers. They're not staying in this one area, but they're moving along, and they're following the waterways. It's crazy. And typically, and you know, that's what Renee DeHendon used to tell me many years ago. He'd say. You know, follow the waterways, watch the waterways. He was always adamant about that. Mm -hmm. It's not that way in every location because it's different for different parts of the country, obviously. But uh, like in forest situation, um, you know, they seem to be kind of staying in that area, but they got everything they need there. Whereas in other places, right. they may need to move. Right, and the, the way that... Um, they're building around here. There's no way that these things can stay in one area. But, you know, um, what do you guys think they can move in one night? Are we talking 30 miles, 40 Pro miles? Oh, probably, yeah. I mean, I, I go back, and, and um, Tracy, you know this from when we were in the Army. Remember doing forced marches? And you can you can cover, you know, a man can cover 20 miles in a day doing a forced march. So if a man can right. make 20 oh, yeah. miles, then these guys can do double that. Right. I remember right. that well. <laughs> Scott, this is Chuck again yep. and and uh, you know, I, I can I can vouch for what you're saying about the waterways. I mean we have I, I got a river to the north of me and a river to the south of me and uh, you know, there's a there's a lot of sightings and encounters that take place up and down those rivers. And so I I mm -hmm. can I can vouch for what you're saying about that. I think they do travel the waterways as well. Yeah, and you know, I think a lot of this is they've been doing it, or their family's been doing it for hundreds and hundreds of years, and this is this is what they know. And if they're building, then they're just moving on. Yeah, well, it kind of makes sense um, too, because if you're navigating through a region, um, you could get turned around pretty good, even though, even if you're out there. You know, you live in those areas, and, and primates know what's in their area where food supplies are and things like that. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, following a waterway 
or even roads or railroad tracks or, you know, power line conduits, things like that. Those are kind of, they kind of serve two purposes. One, uh, your prey animals are going to be in those places. Yep. And also it's good for navigating mm-hmm. an area. You, know, you can get from point A to point B much easier by following those kinds of uh, features rather than trying to bumble around in the forest. Was that a real busy area? You said that was a trail. Um, does that get a lot of human traffic in that place? It does. It does, yeah. Um, I got up, I think the next, why I, I came back, I, I set the cast an hour later. I came back the next morning, I covered it up. I came back the next morning, like around six, and there was already three cars in there. Oh, wow. You know, I tried to sneak in. I tried to get in and get out. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's, again, it's a national park. There's people that are going to be walking through, and there's tons of trails out there. But, yeah, there's there's definitely some foot traffic in there. Now, we know that parks like that aren't necessarily a place the creatures will avoid. Ter- uh, Tracy can atone for that. <laughs> you know, where you work. Uh, they tend to like places like that, from what I noticed, yeah. because I guess because of the garbage that humans throw away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, you always think that they try to avoid people, but yet, you know, there's definitely a curious side to them as well. Um, And if it's free food, like you mentioned, the garbage bins that are all over the place. Yeah, that's a place if if you're going to keep tabs on something, keep an eye on the garbage. Yeah, and I mean, just the next day I went to another place no more than two miles away and I saw 10, 10 turkey just hanging out. I mean, so the the game is still there. There's plenty of food. There's fruit trees around. There's blueberries that are all around. There's wild berries, and you know, not to mention you know the, the ponds and the rivers that are full of fish and frogs. You know, it's interesting you mentioned turkeys. It made me think of something, Tom. You remember our our old buddy Lee? Uh, <laughs> we talked about him recently. He uh, and I and I'll, right. I'll I'll play one of his episodes on the Monday Review here in the near future. But um, when I went up there to visit him, you know, we talked about he wanted me to go up there, and he was this guy. This guy was a real Type A personality, yeah, you know, and he was just you know a little more, a little too much bravado for most people's stomachs, right? But when we went up to, he took me up to the place where he had his encounter. Now the encounter happened, I want to say, five or six years before him. So it wasn't anything recent. And he didn't own the property anymore, but we drove up there so I could look at the area. And he, he kind of wanted to show me, you know, what happened and where and all that. Um, so he was chain smoking. He insisted that we both be armed. And, you know, I'm, I'm more concerned with looking at the ground and seeing what's there. And, and I did find fresh sign. Sounds like water running. <laughs> Um, so we decided to take a drive to a different area where, you know, there'd been sightings and things and I'll be darned out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it was a place you would never expect to see a turkey ever. Here's this turkey walking along the side of the road up in this forested area. And lo and behold, we slowed down a little bit and this stick, this it was a big one. It come flying horizontally out of the brush and slams into the side of his truck. 
and it was loud. And uh, we stopped because I wanted to get out and look. And uh, um, I don't know what that noise is. Sorry, folks. Uh, sounds like some air or water running or something. But anyhow, um, so we stopped and looked what around. Was that noise? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, it's gone now, but sorry for and that. And that's funny. As soon as you said something about it, it stopped. I know, right? Did anybody <laughs> else hear that? I heard it. I, I did. I absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. We've got a pretty bad storm going, and I've got a metal roof on my porch right oh, now. I'm I standing see. out here on my porch. Okay. So, so, okay. It's, so it's not anyone nefarious listening in. It's it's one of our guys. <laughs> no, Tracy, no. I Tracy. thought I had it on mute, but I didn't. Sorry about that. No, 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 no. Trace, you're always, always supposed to blame the technology and the computer. That's Don't right. take the heat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> He's learning. He's learning. So anyway, we got out and looked around to see if we could see what, what happened. I mean, because it wasn't something that fell off a tree. It came flying out horizontally from about 25 feet away and slammed into the side of his truck. I think it actually dented it. And we never did see what it was. There was no people up there. Uh, it was just out. There was no roads, no trails, no anything up there. Um, just bizarre. We, we kind of theorized that maybe... Uh, Maybe it was one of these guys sneaking up for a turkey dinner, and and here we come, tooling along, and it was ticked off that maybe maybe it was having a little competition and threw the stick to say, "Get out of here! You're messing up my dinner." <laughs> Could be. Well, guys, do you have any any further questions or anything to bring up with Scott? Well, I kind of do, Scott. This is Tom. Um, this area that you found this footprint, um, this is almost a rhetorical question, but have you heard of, uh, is there any activity, any reports of activity in the area? Um, so this isn't just an isolated incident, but it's it, it simply is part of a body of evidence. Uh, it is definitely not an isolated incident. Um, there are, there's some history of this area. Actually, if you go, um, uh, even on the BFRO web, BFRO website, there is a an Ohio an Ohio howl um, recorded uh, two miles away from the spot. Um, as I said, there's been sightings, um, there's been footprints, there's been locals that don't want to talk too much about it that I've heard through other people that have seen these things from time to time. So it's definitely not isolated. It's got a history. Um, I don't. It most definitely has a history. And again, I don't know if they're, I don't think they're living through here, but I think they're traveling from time to time through this area. But it's, it's, it's seasonal though. It's not just one season. It's, they've been spotted in the wintertime. They've been heard in March. They've been spotted in the summertime. Um, so there's not a, a correlation with one, just, just one season. So we can't pinpoint that just yet. Interesting. No, it, it was kind of a rhetorical question, but it, it's always good to know if there's historic precedence uh, yep. of this. And it sounds like, you know, of course there is. Yep. Was yep. that yep. anywhere near the, the what they call the Salt Lake and Salt Creek uh, area? Salt Fork? Did you, you say mean? Salt Lake or Salt, or salt Fork? Salt Fork, yeah, Salt Fork. Um, no, we're probably 90 minutes from Salt Fork. That's Salt Fork is more southeast. Uh-huh. If you go to Google Maps and you look up the Cuyahoga Valley, you'll see it. It's a small little green patch right in between Cleveland and Akron. 
Uh-huh. And it's you take a look at it you're like what? No, no chance. And there's something that lives through there. But um, again, there's some history and there's some sightings through there. Well, Tom and, and I were talking last night about. Uh, remember Tom when I told you about the incident, and uh, I couldn't remember what it was called, Salt Fork, Salt Creek, whatever. And uh, mm-hmm. <clears> that <throat> I had, I had. Uh, it was actually a couple that was. Uh, they uh, live on the edge of that, and they they uh, help manage and do the maintenance stuff around there. And um, I took a horse to them. And uh, oh, right. remember, Tom? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't take I, the horse there. Mm-mm. Well, I tell you what, I didn't <laughs> want to go back. I mean, I took, I unloaded that horse, and it was, I told Tom it was absolutely pitch dark out there. And they had pole light. And, I mean, it was absolutely pitch dark. And that horse came out of there, and it was snorting and wall-eyed. And, I mean, it pranced all the way to the barn. And I was just like, holy moly, he smells something out here. And I just felt very uneasy. And I put that horse in that uh, stall. And I actually had a saddle in my dressing room that I was supposed to leave there. And I was so in such a hurry to get out of there, I forgot their saddle. And darn if I didn't have to go back a second time. But I made sure it was during the day this time. <laughs> so, Forrest, you, you dropped off the horse at Salt Fork, is that correct? Yes, uh-huh. <clears throat> what did you think about the place? It's really pretty out there. Yeah, well, the first time I went out there, it was it was dark. It was at night. And all I could think sure. was, this, this is creepy. I mean, it really mm-hmm. is creepy at night. And uh, yeah. now the next, when I went out there the second time, I had, uh, I had, uh, I just told them, I said I was coming out there during the day. They were going to have to meet me during the day. And um, I don't even remember now where they were that night because they just told me, put him in the first stall to the left. You know, I'm like, okay, fine. You know, not anticipating that I was going to be driving into, you know, a little house of horrors or something, you know. And um, that's kind of what I felt like, you know. And um, sure. I didn't know if the guy was going to come out and behead me and, and uh, the headless horseman was going to show up or something. But anyway, um, you know, I came out the second time uh, and I it, it is pretty out there. It really is. But, uh, you yeah. know, it, I, it's not so pretty at night. It's very dark. Right. <laughs> Forrest, did you, were you aware of the history of Salt Fork going into that place? No, no. I didn't know okay. anything about that until afterwards. Um, okay. And then I, then I heard everybody talking. Oh yeah, there's lots of sightings out there. They're, they're all over the place out there, and I'm going, oh well, that might explain some of the behavior. I was since you know that the horse was. I mean, the horse smelt something, and I, I felt long? really uneasy. And I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, he was being a handful going into that barn, and I was just like, let me get you into the stall safely and hang your halter up, and uh, I'm gonna secure you and i'm getting back in my truck because i did i felt i i felt very intimidated uh by something and i i didn't know what it was but no i did not know anything about the history until after right and then i was how long (laughs) wow how long ago was that if you remember like what was it recent or was it you know 20 years ago Oh no that's honey it's been probably 15 16 years ago seriously okay i got you yeah, so that was probably even before like uh, Monster Quest went there. I guess it's uh, what is it twenty three? Yeah, actually, it was before probably right around that time. Yeah, because yeah, no, that's you know it's a finicky place. That's you know that's obviously it's like the mecca 
in Ohio, right? But yeah, everybody and their brothers out there researching and they're call blasting and chances are you're listening to another call blaster on the other side of the ridge. But, you know, that place is still getting sightings, which is really hard to believe. Um, but yeah. it's something about that area. And it's there's a lot of sightings out just in the southeast of uh, Ohio in general. But it is very pretty. Yeah, it's very thickly wooded, and no, I it, it in fact it may have been longer than that ago. I said fifteen or sixteen years ago, but I actually went and grabbed my husband because I used to watch uh, the Not Finding Bigfoot show, and um, I uh, went and grabbed my husband. I said I was there. I was there. That's where I had to take mm-hmm. that silly horse <laughs> that I told you I was having a hard time holding on to. And I don't know what I'd have done if that horse had broke loose for me. It would have been like, okay, your horse is out there in the woods somewhere. You can go find him. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't have gone out there looking for him. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, I found, I've heard some noises out that way. I found some debatable tracks out there. I know a lot of people that have had sightings out there. And, and again, there are people out there all the time searching. So but it's key. It continues to produce. Well, they're probably sitting up on those ridges up there, just laughing at all those naked apes running mm-hmm. around. Look, you know, making all that noise. <laughs> right. Hooting and hollering, banging on trees. Yeah. You know, I, I, back right. popcorn, you know, look at those guys. <laughs> I, I had to laugh right. when you mentioned about, you know, the, the people, you know, doing the call blasting or probably hearing other people doing it. <laughs> I, there was, right. I had a story right. from a guy who was a, um, uh, a hunting guide. And uh, he was telling me he was out in his yard working one day and his 80-year-old father was sitting in a chair out there to keep him company. And they got talking about, you know, the, the banging on tree stuff. So his father picks up a two-by-four. Now, mind you, they're inside of this town. They're not out near forest or inner parks or anything. They're in the middle of a town in an urban area. And he starts whacking on the side of the wooden fence. Well, lo and behold, a couple minutes later, they hear a response. Well, this went back and forth for a few minutes, so he decided to take a walk around the block and see where this other noise was. Well, come to find out, it was another old man out there smacking on the fence, too. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. Well, Chuck, Tracy, everybody, you guys got anything else? No, I'm I'm good so far. I mean, a really interesting story, though. I mean... I'm, my wife is from Elyria, Ohio, so I've, I've spent a little bit of time up there myself. I'm not oh, familiar with it? the area where you're talking about, but I know about where it's at. Did you say Elyria? Yeah. Okay, that's not, I don't, don't want to say it's maybe less than 30 minutes away. I'm familiar with that. I don't remember the location, but yeah, I don't think you're too far. Um, Will, if you don't... If, if you got a quick second, I sent you some audio, gosh, three or four days ago. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to look at it. That I was, did. Um, so I don't know if you, you need headphones, but this is North Carolina, same area where I've been getting some other prints. What did you, because there are three whoops and a, a possible Ohio howl. Yeah, no, that what did was, you think? That, I, think uh, I think that's what you got. I think you got the real thing there. That's not, um, I've heard those sounds in other areas. And uh, they're really good. They're very good, yes. And I'll, I'll now, the Ohio how possible was a little far farther away, distance wise, but it, yeah. it really sounded like a siren. Um, yeah, if share it with uh, Tom and Chuck and Forrest and 
Tracy if you want to. I'd love to get their opinion at some point as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll email those to you guys. You know, because it's it, who knows it could be somebody. But this area that I was checking out, I left. I have a long distance recorder, a long duration recorder, all yeah. for like three weeks in this one area, and you know this area is not known for Bigfoot, so I can't imagine someone's going out there messing with people, um, which is always a possibility. I get that, but I, I heard three really crisp whoops and uh, an Ohio howl siren howl from the distance. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, you can usually tell a human voice making some kind of sound, and and I didn't get that right. at all. Yeah, I thought they were pretty good. I was I was pretty impressed. But yeah, if you don't mind, share it with the with the with the group. I'd love to Absolutely. get their opinions. You bet. Now you're in North Carolina now. Yes, man. That's where I'm working and living full time. I'm I'm a teacher, so I come up and see my family um, for a few weeks uh, while I get a chance. So I'm up in Akron at this point, but I'll mm-hmm. be returning back in about ten days back to North Carolina. No. Well, my husband was stationed in North Carolina, so I'm, we, we spent 13 years there, so I'm pretty familiar with that area as well. Well, what um, what part of North Carolina was I assume the East Coast? Uh, Goldsboro. Okay, yeah, that's not, that's an hour away, an hour south of, south, uh-huh. of me. Yeah, yeah. I, can, and, I, have, I think I, I have a pretty good notion of where, where, where your, uh, you, you had your um, encounters and stuff at. And there's definitely some sightings out in Goldsboro, um, uh, Sanford area, a little bit east of Goldsboro, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my husband came across one. <laughs> he thought it was a bear until it stood up, and then he was like, "Oh, oh my gosh!" <laughs> Is this out in Goldsboro? Mm-hmm. It was uh, south of Goldsboro, Mount Olive area. Mount Olive, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. We had we had a couple of uh, people that lived down the road from us that asked us to to watch their dogs while they were gone, and they had they had hound dogs. They were deer hunting dogs, and uh, you know how they bay, and mm-hmm. they were creating a ruckus down there. And they'd also had some cats. I don't know. I, I'm sorry, Will. I didn't mean to jump in here. Oh no, go right ahead. Go right ahead. <laughs> um, but the the they had a little cat door for their shed, but there were some feral cats in that area too. So they, their, their cats would go in the shed and then, but they always kept food outside for the feral cats and such. And we kept hearing these dogs just banging and banging. And I finally, I, I, I told my husband, I said, you really need to run down there and check and see what's going on. I said, I hope nobody's breaking into their house. And um, they live right on the, the creek there which is really a swamp <laughs> and um so they have lots of swamp swampy places in the and down there in that area so anyway and you do too up there around greensboro and such but anyway um so he goes down there and he just walked down there but he took his rifle with him and um he had the, that was a little while later i was actually outside looking for a cat and uh, that I couldn't find. And I heard um, three shots. And uh, I thought, what in the world? <laughs> Did he just shoot somebody or what, you know? And um, 
then I then the next thing I know, he's running up the road, and um, I'm still out there yelling for the cat. And he tells me that uh, I've got the cat. You need to get in the house. And <laughs> I I was too far away from him. I didn't really hear him at the time. He told me later what he said, and he actually came out there, and he had an, had my shotgun. I had a Remington 1100, and he uh, threw my shotgun to me, and I had, dummy me, I'm standing there listening for this cat, and I kept hearing, you know, it was in, uh, I could hear all these leaves out there, something walking in the leaves, and I should have known that a cat would not be making that much noise, you know, common sense would tell you that, but no, me, I'm I'm standing there, come on, kitty, 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 um, and he comes out there, he said, Mama Susie is in the house, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, my cat. And he says, you need to get in the house now. And he literally <laughs> told Tom, we actually talked about this too last night, Tom. Uh, he we grabbed did. me by my collar and is dragging me backwards. So we both turned around. And as soon as we turned around, we heard <clears throat> this primate, I call it Chuck, and some people call it barking. And, and it followed by kind of a hoof sound came from the woods where I'd been hearing the, the cat walk, you know, and um, it wasn't a cat walking. Um, so, I mean, we both turned around and leveled our <laughs> guns at that uh, forest. And at that point in time, he has now got me by the collar, dragging me to the house, get in the house, get in the house now, you know? And so I got in the house. <laughs> I had been told. So <laughs> when I got in the house, then he explained to me when he was down there at their house that he had seen something that was it was leaning over this big cat food pan that they had outside that they kept cat food in. And I mean, and we had put cat food out there too for for the cats. So that had been earlier that evening when it was daylight. And it, he thought at first when he walked up that it was a bear. Well, it wasn't a bear because it stood up when it heard him. And that's when he had fired off. Uh, and I say three. I mean, I'm, I'm a, my, <laughs> this has been a long time ago. It might have been two or three. I don't remember now. But he did fire a shot at it and then, uh, uh, I think, fired off a couple of more. And he said it literally <clears throat> ran across the road and then, around this other house that was across the road. And, uh, you know, that was the last he saw of it. But I think there was probably more than one out there that night because we hit the creek that that thing ran in the direction of actually bent, uh, was made a bend and it came around the back part of our property and then came up on the side behind, behind our house. And I was probably a good 100 yards from the house. And... Uh, I don't think it could have gotten there. I may be wrong, but I don't think it could have gotten there that quickly. You know, I think there was another one out there. And so it was just a very, you know, when he told me what he saw, he's like, I, I he couldn't even believe it. He was jabbering some uh, fast. He was like some little kid trying to tell me the story, you know? So, yeah, they're out there. Yeah. Of course. Hey. I apologize. I got you're you're east of you are east of Raleigh. Is that right, Forrest? Yeah, it's it's down okay. where they make the pickles. Down where they make yeah, the I was, pickles. I yep yep. I got Mount Olive. I got that mixed up with. There's so many boroughs in North Carolina. I was thinking Pittsburgh, but I I know where you are. You're about an hour and a half from me. 
but I know that area too. There's the, mm-hmm. the swamps. There's definitely a lot of sightings out there in the eastern half too. Yeah. Hey, hey Scott. So I just I uh, I listened to the whoops uh, that you sent to Will, and I took one okay. and I I ran it through a compressor, and uh, which enhances it, just you know makes it uh, uh, louder. So it sounds like there's crickets going. There the crickets are providing the background noise, but you listen mm-hmm. to it. And there's a little bit of an echo. So whatever made that whoop uh, has a lot of force, a lot of power behind it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's a long-winded way of saying it's just not a person doing that. It, it really isn't. It sounds like okay. it has a tremendous lung capacity. And uh, and it's stuff that we've heard uh, here. You know, I've heard it here in Oregon. And uh, it catches your attention, doesn't it? Oh yeah. No, I wish I heard it live, but yeah, it most definitely is. It's that it's the stereotypical whoop that you you know that people talk about that a lot of you guys have heard about. But it is. So I'm glad that you enhanced that. That, that makes me feel better about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and it, even it, unenhanced, it, it you can tell. Uh, I just enhance it so that I don't have to turn the volume up so much. But yeah, it's 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 definitely one. You know, it's not a person. Yeah, they're they're pretty clean whoops. That's for sure. Yes. Yeah, very, very much so. Um, do you use, did you use like a smartphone to record it or a recorder or what? Just out of curiosity. No, I have a, uh, man, I got an Olympus 720 and I have this local uh, microphone outfit. It's called Kimbro, Kimbro Audio. Some of you may have heard of that. I mean, they specialize in audio equipment. So, yeah, I have this waterproof box set up, and um, I can go 30 nights um, or even longer in the summertime. And I just set it from – so this was in February. So I think I set it at, like, 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. Okay. So these these are roughly right around – if I'm – I got to go back to my notes, but these were right around 1230, just a little bit after midnight. So this is just you, you get this recorder running and, um, you know, you weren't standing out there and you go, holy cow, there, there it is. And then you hit the Correct. button. OK. And um, so you must have there must there's a reason you set that recorder out there. So you had heard sounds before and you're like, hey, I'm going to catch this. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> It's so um, it's a, it's a relatively it's a state park first of all. So these state parks locally in North Carolina shut down at dusk. You know they put the gates down so you can't drive through there. Um, but it's probably five miles off this river that I'm close to. There's a huge power line cut that goes from the river all the way up to the state park. And there's some there's a guy who's got this Bigfoot statue right by his mailbox, and I. I I actually left a letter by the guy's house. I said, hey, talk to me about this Sasquatch. You know, he could just have a fascination with Sasquatch. Or deep in my mind, I was thinking maybe he saw something. Um, but again, there was just too many coincidences that made me just want to just leave my recorder there. You know, and if you ever do these long duration recordings, 99.9% of the time you're getting nothing but crickets and frogs, right? Or, you know, maybe some coyotes. But, you know, out of... No, I've, I've definitely, I, I know what you're talking about. I have definitely caught some stuff. And I still right. have hours of recording that I haven't gone through because it's just, it 
honestly, it's a little bit <laughs> tedious. It's a pain. <laughs> you, it's you know what pain. I'm talking about, right? Yeah, but I'll tell you what, this, this um, Audacity program that I'm sure a lot of you guys use. Or That's what I just with, used. It, it does help, and you know, you can get through a night in 45 minutes if you know what you're looking for, right? Yeah, you look for the spikes and that sort of thing, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I saw some tree signs there. I mean, there's potential. There's some water not too far from, again, the river. Um, yeah, telephone line cut. There's a lot of things that we've all that we all know about. So I just it was a shot in the dark, but I did get some stuff. Well, you know, it's a shot in the dark, but um, you, you take a look at any single piece of evidence. You go, OK, well, that's a whoop or this is a that or, or whatever. But you take it all. And it's totality, and it yep. really does say something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I just, I'm wishing that I, I knew more people in the area, but man, this area is um, very closed-lipped or tight-lipped. I've, I've met two people that have had sightings in these areas in North Carolina, and there's history, but I don't, anytime I bring this up to people, they just kind of give me that, if you got four eyes, I wanted to ask you about that, because um, why do you think that is? Do you think it has to do with, well, I just don't want to be, um, uh, I don't want to be tarred and feathered. I don't want to be grouped into the nuts out there, because let's face it, there's a lot of 99% of the stuff out there is just tabloid material. And they don't want to be associated, or what, what do you think? What's the reason why people are tight-lipped? I don't know. I, I I don't know that answer. You would think that you know that you bring this up and they may have seen something that'd be open to you. I'm not, you know, I don't come at them like I'm joking or laughing. I have a very right. serious look, and I'm genuinely curious about what they have to say. But you know, if they haven't seen anything, they look at me like because this is not an ideal environment where you would think it's not the it's not the Pacific Northwest. It's not the Smoky Mountains. It's not you know, Eastern Oklahoma or, you know, Eastern Texas. So I would say that most people wouldn't consider a Bigfoot to be in this general area. Um, the ones who have seen it, I don't know, maybe because they've been ridiculed, you know, too many yeah, times in that, their life. And they just, they just stopped talking about it. Yeah, that could be. I, th- I think a lot of people, they just don't want to be associated or they think this is a setup or, you know, or something like that. And I've run into that. Will you you and I have talked about this where you bring it up with some people, you know, even some family members at family reunions and that sort of thing. And they get angry, like immediately. Oh, that, you know, they just fly off the handle. Um, okay. <laughs> it's just a question. Just a question. Yeah, that's all. Just ask some questions, you know. I can tell you a lot of it down here in the South is the culture, you know, the rural culture where mm-hmm. you know you know everybody in the county just about it you know and you don't want it getting around that hey he saw some monster down there on his property you know you don't want the people that you may have to do business with you know mm-hmm. making fun of you and and things like that it's especially among the older generations uh a lot of a lot of my um great aunts and uncles were and are the same way you know you ask them a question about anything strange you know they'll just pretend they don't know what in the world you're talking about um right so that's 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 a lot of it especially in the south and in the rural areas uh 
Well, I would I would say in, in the case of Texas and Oklahoma, it used to be really taboo, um, but it's it's now become it's not taboo anymore. Uh, you see Bigfoot signs a lot, the, the metal signs of Bigfoot. Um, you see those in a lot of areas, and uh, it, it's not as taboo here as it was as it used to be. Yeah, I think it's changing well, quite a bit. That's great. That's great. It's the same. Here I think in the South it's still pretty taboo because there's really now in the in more populated areas you'll find people that are willing to talk about things like this, but people that live out in the in the sticks in the country, the ones most likely to have sightings, they're kind of you know don't want to talk about it. Well, Tracy, I wanted to ask you about that, and and Scott, you as well, and Chuck and Forrest. Um, because especially in, let's face it, uh, wasn't there a movie made called, what was the name of that movie in Arkansas? Uh, <laughs> you guys know what I'm Bobby talking Creek. about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> and there, you know, once I started looking into that, it's like, oh my goodness, there's, there's tons of credible reports. Uh, so you would think that it would be something that would kind of be in their mainstream thought but i don't know maybe not it would mostly be between like close family members and close friends it's not something that you you know if you walked up to a stranger on the street and started talking to him about it he's not going to tell you anything you know they, they don't know <laughs> that's you know right. even right. if they had an experience they may have told two or three close friends or a couple of family members but you're not going to get anything out of them just walking up to them, you know. Right. Tracy, are you where are you located without being too um, specific? Um, East Central Alabama. Um, if you look at a map okay. of Alabama and Georgia, Interstate okay. 85 goes from Atlanta to Montgomery. Right yeah. after you cross over into Alabama, I live in that town right there. Oh, gotcha. Okay, well, I was in Atlanta right seven years. There. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah, there's tons of stories out there in Alabama, that's for sure. Well, guys, you're starting. Well, I think all oh, my neighbors are buying them. Uh, well, I was just going to say, I think all my neighbors are buying <coughs> up all the Bigfoot uh, metal signs around here. Uh, I, I see them sold everywhere now around here. And I think I've sent you guys pictures of Yep, <laughs> you did. They're posting them there. <laughs> They're everywhere <laughs> now. Yeah, that's that's the way it is here in Oklahoma as well. I mean, it's like bragging rights if you got one on your property. And, you know, and I, I told you who I talked to about if I ever got one, I killed one or where I was going to take it. And, I mean, he didn't he didn't laugh at me. <laughs> well, we're starting to run short on the time, guys. Um, any Anything final for everybody? You want to go around the table maybe? Well, I'll start. Um, Scott, thank you. Uh, are you this is, uh, I appreciate it. And this is, uh, again, just great information in the fact that it happens in the location that it did happen. And as you said, it's not necessarily, you know, the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I think it just kind of underscores that uh, these things get around and get into areas uh, far more often than, than we might realize the areas that we don't think of so anyway thank you very much i appreciate it 
Oh, yeah, you're welcome. And, guys, thank you so much for allowing me to have this conversation with you. It's great to meet you all and talk with you guys. And anytime you want to have a, another conversation, I'm usually usually available. Um, and, Will, again, I've, I know I've mentioned this before. If you ever run across anybody within that central part of the state, because um, I know you're the man, please, you know, give them my detail or my information. Or I'll give you mine or, I'll, you know, vice versa, because I would like to meet some more local people to kind of look a little bit deeper in this area. Did I ever put you in touch with my cousin? He lives in North Carolina. Um, you you did enter. What is his name? Are you It's, to it's David, yeah. Yeah, usually he's here yeah. with us. But I did, I, I did get to meet David. Okay. I spoke okay. to him a few times on the phone. Um, but again, if there's anyone else that ever tries to touch base, like I think you sent me up with Darcy and we talk from time to time and it's been great to talk to her, but yeah, it's, if you know anybody. And, I th- and again, guys, it was great to talk with you all. I think I do. I'll, I'll have to look in my files, but I think I've got some people there. Okay. That'd be great. Forrest, anything for you? Yeah, I appreciate it. No, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I, I uh, uh, hope that you will be on the show again, maybe with, with some more exciting encounters. You'll have to join yeah, us for Campfire it. Talk. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let me know because I, I don't have many friends that are willing to talk about oh, these well. crazy topics. So. We'll definitely have you <laughs> on that. <laughs> yeah, great. Chuck, how about you? Well, Scott, I appreciate you coming on the show. And, and Will, uh, you know, if he if he wants, uh, you know, my email address or something like that, uh, you know, I, I don't have a problem giving it to him. Okay, sure. Tracy, how about you? Here. Give him my, okay. Give him my Thank email, you. too. All right. You got it. Yeah. Great. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. No problem, man. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, yeah and it was, absolutely. I, I thought it was great, you know, because of the, the really big response. I mean, it was kind of phenomenal how much response that photograph of yours got. And I just thought, well, let's let's get the man who was there on the ground on the show to talk about it. Um, because, you know, there were so many differing opinions and things. I just thought it was really good to have you on since you were there. You found the print. You took the picture, cast it. Uh, so that was awesome. We appreciate you coming on with us. It was The pleasure was all mine, guys. And, again, I appreciate the time. All right, everyone. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Creek Devil. If you or anyone you know has had an encounter with these creatures, please contact us at williamjevning at yahoo.com. That's William, J-E-V-N-I-N-G, at yahoo.com. All communication is confidential. Join us for another program next week. And until then, keep your eyes open.